You're listening to Smart to Death Radio. Hey everybody, it's the interview queen Alicia Toot here, and you are currently listening to and obviously enjoying Queen's Court. Hi, I'm the Asian sensation Kanji. You're listening to Queen's Court. Hi guys, this is the Queen of Queen's Massage talking. And I am so happy to introduce you to the Queen's Court. All right, everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Queen's Court with your girl, the Queen of Any, Money in the Bank edition, honey. But I didn't come alone. As I put out on Twitter, I'm super excited to welcome the boys from Armbar Audio. John and Tim, welcome to the castle. Thank you for having us in your castle, Queen. We have been wanting to come on for quite some time. Yeah, I agree. Um, This is going to be a lot of fun today. Uh, Money in the Bank went off much better than I anticipated. So uh, I'm excited to talk about it. Yes, I'm so excited you guys are here to talk about this because the first thing I thought about after waking up this morning was like, oh my God, I cannot believe a pay-per-view was over, but before 9.30 p.m. EST, (laughs) I was very confused, (laughs) you know, like we get that other places, you know, it's only like a two and a half hour show, whatever, three hours, and then you're done, but WWE tends to like draw things out. So I looked at the clock and I said, oh, this is wonderful. I don't know how you guys felt, but I definitely was happy. Uh, yeah, it was great to get off of work and actually ha- watch the show from start to end instead of starting somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Um, so that was cool, and I, I like I liked that the it was less than four hours long because I think they started to learn their lesson, especially with uh, WrestleMania being two nights uh, that. They're just running way too long. They're not keeping the the interest or or the attention span rather of of wrestling fans. Yeah, um, Tim can attest to this. Uh, I we both got off work around nine o'clock yesterday, and uh, we came we came home, and we were trying to find the show to start from the beginning. So we went to the live schedule. Because in my mind, a pay-per-view starts at 7 and ends at 11. So I was baffled trying to find this show. <laughs> it's so different because yeah. it, you're, you're truly right. Especially like if you can't watch live right, and you have to watch later. I always have to do it in pieces. If I don't get a chance to watch it, I'm not staying up till God knows what time <laughs> to, to watch it in its entirety. So it's like, oh, I'll watch two hours and I'll watch you know, the rest the next day but i felt like this gave us such a great taste and you brought up a good point about the wrestlemania in two nights you know we were talking just before we started recording about how much we miss new japan and wrestle kingdom kind of modeled this two night mod uh this two night experience and uh i have to say i'm not upset about it i think it actually works very well and i thought it worked well for wrestlemania and the fact that this was the second pay-per-view for wwe with no audience i think shorter works to their advantage i'm not sure what you guys think about that absolutely the no the no uh crowd thing definitely has to play into it mm-hmm. um especially because you hear a lot of wrestlers talk about how they have to feed off of the crowd and change during the match. 
And without the crowd there, they don't have to do that. So they can get to point A to point B to point C uh, as easily and as fast as they want. Yeah, I think it definitely um, makes a big difference. Yeah, um, without a crowd, uh, it it's become really weird to watch and uh like i very much enjoy what aew has been doing with having mm-hmm. wrestlers in the crowd and for wwe to not do that even though there was something that came out that said that they were possibly thinking about doing so i think this show would have been a good uh try with that and but they didn't do that but uh yeah the no crowd playing into the length of the show, I think, is 100% true. Yeah, I feel like they have to take that all into consideration. And, and it makes it snappy, but not in a way that feels rushed either. And it's something that I've been hoping that they would do for a long time. So super thrilled about that. But when this pay-per-view was announced, you know, obviously with our current climate, things were going to be very different. And they made that clear to us by saying it would take place at the Performance Center in Orlando, of course. But also... In Connecticut, where I'm from, hello, and at headquarters. Very exciting stuff. When this was first announced, I have to ask you, because I've listened to your show, but I, I want to talk about it here. Let's talk about our original thoughts about this on the roof through headquarters experience. Now that we know what happened, are you disappointed with what we got, or were you pleasantly surprised by what we got for the latter matches anyway? Definitely pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, my first thought when I saw that it was going to happen at the headquarters and start on the ground floor and go to the roof, uh, I was like, okay. <laughs> um that's interesting, but I don't know if it's good or bad interesting. So right. I was like, <laughs> I was kind of like, is this like Legends of the Hidden Temple WWE edition? What is this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I uh, When I first heard about it, I thought, well, that's definitely creative. And I'd like to see how they pull it off. And they pulled it off similarly to how I thought. I liked, I like how they're going in the direction of cinematic wrestling uh, on their pay-per-views and in specials and such like that. I was a huge Lucha Underground fan. I was a huge uh, Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy fan in Impact. Um, We don't have to talk about the Woken Matt Hardy. But... um, (laughs) No, let's not. (laughs) But, but, um, you know, I think that WWE has has learned from, from other companies and has seen... That especially in the times that we're living in, the cinematic wrestling can be uh, a positive thing for their company. I think they do video packages and video presentations so very well. And I've been pleasantly surprised to see what AEW has been doing in that arena. I think that they're killing it. But WWE has been doing it longer, and I just feel like they have a really good handle on how to present that stuff. If you've ever watched, you know, their Chronicles and the 24 and the, mm-hmm. the the way that they produce their video packages, they understand how to sell something. And that 
helps so much in this new environment and their cinematic wrestling, what they produced at WrestleMania with the Boneyard match and the quote unquote Firefly Funhouse match. So I wouldn't call that a match so much as a, I don't know, I call it like an acid trip, but it was crazy, right? <laughs> it, it was super creative. And they're bringing that to these two matches. And and I like that as well. So we're definitely going to talk a little bit about that later. But looking at the pay-per-view as a whole, there weren't as many matches as there normally are. But it definitely was a healthy-sized card. We had a lot of championship matches and things on the line. So it definitely felt important. We had uh, Jeff Hardy versus Cesaro, R-Truth versus MVP, but not really. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, We had, of course, the... Uh, SmackDown Tag Team Championship Fatal 4-Way. We had Bailey versus Tamina, Drew versus Seth, Braun versus Bray, and of course both Money in the Bank matches. So actually there was a lot going on here. And taking a look at the start with Jeff Hardy versus Cesaro, I have to say, I was pleasantly surprised by this match. This went on a lot longer than I thought it was going to, and they had amazing chemistry together. And it was super fun to see Jeff Hardy coming back after interview. He looks healthy. He looks well. He kept up with Cesaro, who's an absolute machine in the ring. And I, I like loved this match. And if they keep doing this kind of stuff on a pre-show, it definitely makes me more interested in watching it. But it's a pre-show still. So, you know, there's that. But it was still really good. So what did you guys think about Hardy versus Cesaro? Um, well, first of all, Cesaro is like my second favorite wrestler uh, <laughs> currently. Uh, he's the, he's an absolute professional. You could throw him in the ring with anybody, and he's going to make them look good. Uh, so it was perfect for Jeff Hardy's first comeback match to be against Cesaro. Um, I think they had great chemistry, like you said, um, to complement the high-flying style and daredevil style of Jeff Hardy, Cesaro would catch him and throw him into the barricade or uh, counter with uppercuts and gut wrenches. And it, it was it was a nice styles clash without AJ being there. Um, <laughs> I was just going to say <laughs> without AJ, but yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a nice way to start the show. Yeah, it was very good. Um, I, I'm going to... Um, Reiterate something you said. Very happy to see Jeff looking good, looking healthy, because I love Jeff Hardy, and I have since I was a child. And uh, to see the road that he's had and the uh, struggles that he's dealt with 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 addiction and stuff like that, um, I'm very happy for him that he's been able to find a better way of life. So going into this match as his comeback, like Tim said, perfection. It it was really, really good. I also think that it, it's cool that his first match back, we're obviously building up to a Sheamus-Jeff Hardy match, and I think it's kind of ironic that his first match back was against uh, the the other bar participant <laughs> in Cesaro. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. And, you know, I love Cesaro so much. And it, it pains me that he hasn't achieved the, the same accolades as, as others. Because I feel he, not that I really like to say anybody deserves anything. But I really feel like he is just such a good worker. And I would love to see him 
in any sort of major championship run. I think he'd be awesome. But anywho, it was a great start to Money in the Bank. I thought this was a solid, solid match and uh, probably like a high high A for me. It, it did really, really well. And they kicked off it and gave us some energy as we led right into a hard-hitting Fatal 4-Way Smag team, smag team, nope, smackdown tag team <laughs> championship match. There's too many words and there's too many people in this match, okay? The New Day, yeah. Forgotten Sons, Lucha House Party, and Miz and Morrison. Hey, hey, ho, ho, there they are. <laughs> Ooh, that was a mouthful. But what a fun opening match for a pay-per-view. I thought they knocked this one out of the park. Grand Metalik looks like a freaking star. He is so talented. And this match, as he did in um, previous pay-per-views, Elimination Chamber, totally showed out. I loved that. That part made me really happy. Morrison, oh, he looks the best that he has since he's been back in WWE. And he did great at Mania. But I think this one was even better for him. There was a lot of great exchanges here. There's a lot that they've kind of laid in this match to kind of work towards the future. Super high energy. There's a lot of um, tag team matches that can come out of this that I don't feel like would be too stale. Uh, and I know, you know, New Day is controversial. Some people really, really like them as champions. Other people are like, okay, I'm sick of them. Like, let's move on. So, what do we think? Opening first match, Fatal 4-Way, tag titles. So uh, this match was high octane. Um, you had the flips. You had the big strikes. You had all of that mm-hmm. that you come to expect from guys like Lucha House Party with the Lucha style, obviously. Uh, Forgotten Sons are two badass brawling dudes. Um Miz and Morrison are the veterans of the match, obviously. And then you've got the New Day, where Kofi Kingston is also a veteran. Big E, not so much, but acts like a veteran and carries himself like a veteran. Love it. Um, With Grand Metal Week, like you said, looks fantastic. Looks like a mega star right now. And they've been looking for the next big Lucha star since Rey Mysterio. And I think if they play the cards right, they've got it with Grand Metal Week. Um, I would like to say that my first thoughts after watching the match was Lucha House Party absolutely rolled that match. Mm-hmm. And, and the pairing of Lucha House Party and J- John Morrison is fantastic because John Morrison, you know, the parkour background, he did a lot of. Uh, work in Mexico while he was gone from WWE. It was just perfect, especially that Spanish fly off the top from Metalik and Morrison to the to the rest of the uh, uh, wrestlers involved. Um, I like you said, Graham Metalik stole stole this match. Uh, I loved that he changed his his gear up, and I <laughs> yeah. like. I like that Corey Graves mentioned Juventud Guerrero because that's exactly what I thought. And I'm a huge Juventud Guerrero fan. Like back in WCW days, Juve was like my number one uh, cruiserweight. Um, But yeah, this was a really good match. I think that the Forgotten Sons are going to be like Elias where they weren't exactly over with the full sale crowd, but they are going to be... They are going to make an impact on the main roster. 
especially I think in feuds with the New Day and Miz and Morrison, I think they could really do some solid work with the both of those teams and and make it really fun. Um, but I think you're right. Really, it comes down to Metalik and Lince Dorado. I think that they totally stole the show here. Um, and speaking of wrestling gear, one of one of the best things about this match in general, aside from Morrison and Miz's money themed gear, which was dope, but the New Day have been doing something really fun where they've been doing this paint by numbers gear, and every time they perform, more color gets added to what they're wearing yeah. and it, it has me super curious about what's going to happen at the end like what happens when it's totally colored in does that mean xavier woods comes back like, yeah xavier woods is gonna come back looking like six nine complete rainbow <laughs> <laughs> A complete rainbow yeah no kidding but it, it's exciting and, and at least on smackdown i feel like they're doing such a great job with the tag teams um, and, and as a lover of tag team wrestling, it's nice to see that. Yeah. I hope we get more of this, what, what what this match was. I want more of it, and I want the new blood to get a little bit more of a shine here. And I'm actually, I don't care that the new date retained. I think that that's a great move, and it can really kind of build um, both Lucha House Party to not just be the funny guys with a pinata, but actually, like, let's recognize these Lucha wrestlers as the goddamn stars that they are, you know? So. Well- Two things going off of that. Um, the um, oh man, <laughs> I f- I forgot my train of thought. Okay, I'll right. I'll, <laughs> I'll pick it. I'll I'll pick it up here. Um, I think a lot of people that I saw on Twitter and other social media platforms were a little upset that Lucha House Party did not get the victory after their performance in the match. But I say never say never because. It was announced we have Backlash returning June 14th, yes. coming back. And I would I would assume that going into that, that that's going to be your SmackDown tag title match. Lucha House Party versus New Day. Um, yeah, it's money all day long. Mm-hmm. Also, what you were saying about SmackDown and focusing on tag teams. SmackDown seems like they're focusing on everybody and 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 finding creative ways to push and and get everyone involved in storylines and make us care. And I, I think SmackDown's doing a great job at that. Also, with the new day retaining, I I fully think that Vince McMahon wants the new day to go down in history as the greatest tag team of all time. I mean, I don't hate that. <laughs> I don't hate it. I think they're great. Um, you know, with the Usos being hurt right now, that's the other real top contender. But like I said, I think it's time for other people to start shining and pulling through. And I'd be stoked to see New Day Lucha House Party at Backlash. I think that mm-hmm. would be a dope, dope contest. And I and I hope that they take it. I really do. It'll be fun to see a nice high flying Lucha tag team. Yeah, and how do you not how do you not push Grand Metalik and Lince Dorado as a tag team? When Pentagon Jr. and Ray Phoenix are doing huge things right now, you know you gotta yeah, man follow the trends, which they always have. So hey, I'm here for it. I don't mind. But what I'm not here for was this tomfoolery that happened next, which was our truth versus MVP, which Bobby Lashley tagged in, which is not a tag match, but he's like, yo, I got this. I'll just you know whatever. What? I don't understand what's going on there. But we had Bobby Lashley versus R-Truth, and 
Um, if you're new to me, and hello, welcome listeners, I, I don't like Bobby Lashley one iota. So <laughs> I had a real struggle with this, and I don't understand what's going on. Are we going to get another Lashley push where nothing happens, or like is he joining MVP's new gang? I'm not really I, sure what to think about it, but I hated this whole thing top to bottom. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Uh, they need they need to decide right this very second if they're going to push Bobby Lashley or if they're not. Mm-hmm. Because Impact made Bobby Lashley great. And he came back to WWE and look at where we are now. Yeah, terrible. Uh, WWE, yeah, like Impact treated him like the badass that he is. And just let him go out there and and be a badass. Sometimes you don't have to have a crazy storyline or or a, a stupid background like your sisters or whatever that was back <laughs> in whenever he came. Yes. All all you have to do is be yourself. And Bobby Lashley is an imposing figure who can whoop ass. So just let him be that. So where you said you hated this, I kind of thought it was a return to form. For Bobby Lashley's impact character, which I liked a lot. Um, I also like the long tights on him much better. It, it, it's just more aesthetically pe- pleasing. Um, I agree. But uh, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't something that I, I would be like, oh, that's one of my favorite matches of the month. But it wasn't something that I would say, uh, you know, screw it. You know, it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> It, it was very, very okay, is the way to to put it. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It was blah. It was there. Yeah. Um, but our truth, I think, is just such a natural treasure that you know he's funny and he's and he's such a great worker and I love him. But I just I can't with this and MVP drives yeah. me nuts. I've never been an MVP girl, so oh, there was only I've... sometimes that I liked him, but. I don't know. It's not, not hitting for me right now. I'm not an MVP fan. And I, I don't MVP understand. Fan. Like, our truth like you said, is national treasure and entertaining, but there's no crowd. So what was the whole point of even having this on the show? It was so weird, right? Like, who are you yeah. talking to? Each other? <laughs> Especially... <laughs> It's very weird. Especially, it was definitely the it was definitely the low point for the show where everything else shined. Yeah. Yeah, I, it just was like a blah. And like I know sometimes you, it's not always going to be the best matches, but this yeah. blah, I just didn't like it. And we've already spent too much time talking about it, so let's yeah, move swiftly on. <laughs> the glorified Raw segment. <laughs> yes, pretty much. But now we move into the ladies, Bailey versus Tamina for the SmackDown Women's Championship. And may I just say that, of course, Bailey came out with the boss, Sasha Banks, who looked absolutely incredible in that red mm. bodysuit. And it was a nice compliment to Bailey's new maroon gear, which I dig, facing, of course, uh, Tamina. Now, there's been some new things with Tamina, right? She's been doing these segments and and trying to, like, bolster her character a little bit, which is good because we haven't really seen very much from Tamina, kind of, ever. So it, it's cool to see that, but I feel like this was the easiest one on the card for me to call. I was like, yeah. ah, this is going to be a retain. This is not This is not happening. You know, they tried to make you think for, like, a split second that they might pull the trigger, but... I, I didn't think it was going to happen. Um, they didn't further the Sasha Bailey story as much as I thought they were going to. 
And that I thought was interesting. So I'm wondering whatever happens at Backlash, if that's going to propel them towards SummerSlam, I'm not sure. But that was kind of what I was looking for. The match itself wasn't too bad. It was pretty solid. They had some good spots. Um, You know, Bailey was great as an antagonist, as she's been doing. Um, I don't really care for her in this particular iteration, but it's okay. It's it's not bad. And, uh, you know, it was a decently good women's match. I think Bailey... Uh, is was one of the best women that they have in the ring. So she did a great job. And, you know, Tamina's Tamina. <laughs> so what did you guys think about yeah. this? Uh, Tamina, Tamina has been plagued in her career by injury. And because of this, I feel, unfortunately, that the division... Not that the division has passed her by, but that she herself has missed the boat. Um, and especially with all the stuff that came out about her father, especially with that episode of Dark Side of the Ring that came out, this is so unfortunate for her because it pretty much guarantees that she's never going to get the push. Yeah. But by no fault of her own. I personally uh, enjoyed where uh, the beginning of the match where Bailey was slapping Tamina and getting oh in her face, God, yeah. and then Tamina took control, put her up on top of the of the uh, turnbuckle, slapped her, and said you're disrespectful. And Sasha and Bailey started apologizing. It yeah. was kind of like the teacher putting you in in the corner with the dunce <laughs> cap on. Yeah, it was. I, I thought it was hysterical. Um, Bailey is quite funny, especially her interaction with the announcers every time I see her. Uh, yeah, Tamina, you knew you knew it wasn't gonna happen. You know what I mean? It's and and like you said, they didn't further anything with the Sasha Bailey thing. So is that just is it just a fantasy of ours now? Like, is it going to happen ever? Are they ever gonna pull the trigger on this built-in storyline? I don't know, man. I don't know. It, it's it's weird. They've been teasing it for a really long time, but I feel like we're at the we're at the pinnacle now, where we either need to pull the trigger or they're going to be best friends forever and leave it alone. Like, mm-hmm. make your choice, because they can't be together much longer without something happening. Either Sasha needs to go away and do her own thing and be away from Bailey, or they need to fight. Like they have they have to pull crazy. the trigger because if you look at the four horsewomen. The, the one that needs m- more time to shine and such is Sasha. Bailey's had great runs. She's like she's won all the titles. Charlotte is Charlotte. Becky has had the longest reigning Raw t- championship and beat Ronda. But now, so- ever since Sasha's been back, she's just been she's just been there. Right. And, and we need we need to see more of her because she's honestly one of the best Western like Western civilization, uh, Western female wrestlers of all time. And I, that's how I feel, at least. Um, she has a lot to give, and they're just misusing her unless they actually pull the trigger. Hey, I think they can. You know, they're, they're classic in NXT at the TakeOver. I mean, who doesn't remember that and love that match and want to be back 
in that same vein. Just to see that again is dope. And, you know, Sasha's return has been so lackluster. She came back with that blue hair, and I was like, oh, here we go. The boss is back. Things are about yeah. to pop off. And absolutely nothing happened. She lost everything. And I was like, oh, okay. This is weird. And, you know, she had a great match with Becky at Hell in a Cell. Holy God, was that good. And then, you know, nothing. So I, I don't know what they're doing. I'm hoping that they do it. I'm hoping that they finally pull the trigger and we get this match. But, boys, I don't yeah. know. It's not looking promising. But we could hope, I guess. <laughs> Here's yeah, to hope. Women to do better. That's all I want. <laughs> right. Right. Um, it makes no sense to me. No sense whatsoever. Um, like, <sighs> Sasha Banks is so good. And in NXT, she was so good. And even when they first brought up the four horsewomen, it was magic. And you can... And people can say whatever they want about Sasha, about all the stuff that came out about her throwing temper tantrums in the back and all this, all that tomfoolery. But if that did happen at this point, can anyone honestly say that they blame her? Nah. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you? I can't. I wouldn't. <laughs> right. I don't know, boys. It's a conundrum. It's a mystery. And hopefully we'll see what happens in the coming weeks. But yeah. I hope it's something good. I really do. And I think it could be a lot of fun. Speaking of things that are, well, I don't know, fun, depending on your perspective. But <laughs> we're keeping on, we'll keep it on SmackDown as we look at Braun versus Bray. Now, of course, Bray, not the Fiend in this match. Just Bray Wyatt. Uh, our little Firefly Funhouse iteration of him versus the the new uh, champion from, of course, WrestleMania when he beat Goldberg. So, um, oh, by the way, Bailey retaining, I think, was a smart choice. I know that. Yeah. I'm not surprised, but I just want to say that. And I and I felt the same way about Bailey's match as I did about this one. I didn't think that they were going to flip-flop the title mm-hmm. here either for Strowman. So kind of the SmackDown titles were super easy to to predict. But what I was surprised about is this was better than I thought it was going to be. I was nervous that this was going to be a squash match, three minute yeah. nonsense. And I'm like, oh God, please let's not do the whole Barry Bray thing again. I'm over it. Like let's, let's move on. And I'm glad that they had a physical match. It's not my favorite match on the card by any stretch of the imagination, but I thought they did a lot of really great character work here. And that's what I would like to speak to. I think that, you know, when Braun started really attacking Bray and Bray was in the corner, like, you know, down and he's like laughing. He's like, oh my goodness, Braun. And he's like doing his little, you know, thing where he's laughing and smiling. I just think that his character work has been some of the best that WWE has seen in a very, very long time. And, and that's evidenced, of course, by The Fiend from its inception, starting with the Firefly Funhouse stuff all the way until now and the brilliant stuff at Mania that we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he brings such a different vibe now. He's still very hard-hitting and, and Bray-like, but he it's different. It's a different edge and a different tenor to him now. And then you look at Braun, and I don't... I don't particularly like Braun Strowman in any way, um, you know, personally or in the ring. But uh, it, it was nice to see him being portrayed as the kind of monster that they want us to see. So that was really good. I thought he looked really strong in this match. And uh, I thought he did great with the whole sheep mask thing. I think that I was surprised that he could, like, act a little bit. I'm like, oh, okay. Interesting. And they had this feud ready-made, right? It's a little lazy, right? We're resting right. Uh, on what we had previously. But... It does further along the story that we could get at Backlash or even SummerSlam. So 
I think the fiend is coming down the line and um, you know, they got me more invested than I had anticipated I would be. Absolutely. Um, The um, Braun acting thing was a surprise because uh, you know, they're doing with Braun now what they should have did three years ago Mm. whenever he was hot. Uh, and then they screwed him in, in Saudi Arabia. But, uh, you know, this was a good match because Braun, Braun got pushed up another level. Bray still kept, has still kept his, his momentum. I, a lot of, I've seen a lot of people on social media saying Braun, uh, Bray is buried and they, they okay. totally screwed the character. Do you not understand that the Fiend and Bray Wyatt are two different things? Right, and, right. And, and like the first moment that <laughs> Braun shoulder tackled Bray and he went down and Bray look, was like, "Oh, you're strong!" Like <laughs> yeah. I lost it. I laughed so hard. And and I thought they had really good chemistry. Um, I think it it benefits someone like Braun being in there with someone like Bray. Um, and obviously, this is not over. We saw yeah. at the end, Bray was very angry, and we got flashes of the fiend. Um, I thought it was odd that the puppets came out. Yeah, that uh, was weird. I loved it. Um, I loved it, but it was weird. <laughs> yeah, I exactly. Um, but yeah, this this story isn't over, and I, I'm I'm okay with it. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna say it here because Tim made fun of me when we were watching last night. When Bray made his entrance, I legitimately forgot that Braun Strowman was the Universal Champion. <laughs> I love it. Because I was like, I was like, this is for the this is for the title. Where's where's the title? I was so confused. He totally forgot like, Goldberg happened. I forgot Goldberg happened. Like I totally forgot. That's better. That's a better thing for your life. <laughs> I think, like, I'll, I'll 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 admit it. I've been not keeping up um, with WWE as much as I have been with AEW and NXT. Right. But uh, I'll tell you what, the match was a pleasant surprise. And I loved the bit with the sheep mask. I love callbacks like that, especially when they make sense. And how about that tornado DDT off the top rope? That was dope. Yo, Bray's pulling out moves we didn't know he could do. Right. I know. Hey, I'm here for that. I'm here for Bray just continuing to be awesome. And he looked great even in defeat. And that that's what I like. I know people get really uppity about, you know, oh, my God, he just continues to lose, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, just hold on a minute. <laughs> just wait a minute. Yeah. Something's going to happen. I mean, if they screw it up, they screw it up, and, and we'll call them on their bullshit. But mm-hmm. until then, just see where this story goes and see what happens. The full arc sometimes, uh, the bigger picture, makes more sense than yeah. The slight losses that he gets. You know what I mean? Definitely. Yeah, and the wrestling community is great for jumping the gun. That Yeah. It's it's and it's it's not just the wrestling community, it's society. Everything is fast paced. We the news, you know, it's it's like the ticker on the bottom. You're getting everything constantly fed to you. You yeah. need to have everything right away. Absolutely. So so it's it's just like just chill out and let the story play, mm-hmm. see how it goes. But I feel like those of us who watch New Japan get this a little bit more because 
we have a little bit more of an understanding of a slower paced story. Oh <laughs> like, yeah, dude. How many years did it take for Naito? Like seven? I, was just I mean, say. come on. You yeah. know, it's it's different. And like I'm guilty of it too, because there's some times where I'm I'm watching WWE and I'm like, oh my God, come on. I just want X to happen. And I'm I, I gotta like temper myself and, and chill myself out and put myself in my new yeah. Japan head yeah. and be like, remember this? Oh yes. Remember how long the Kenny Okada series was? Yes, I do. Okay. And then you like you feel a little bit better. So my advice is, you know, just watch New Japan and it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'll say that. I'm definitely there's definitely times, there's definitely times where I'm like, okay, they're doing a long burn here. I like this, but then there's other times where it's like, okay, we get it, move along. I know, we, right? We know, we know. Yeah, like I just saw on Twitter, like who's gonna be the hunter and the hunted? And it was a picture of Edge and Orton, and I'm like, I thought this was over. This is over. Can we please move on to AJ, please? Please, please. Isn't Can that we? happening tonight? Edge <laughs> yes. and Orton? And I was like, yeah. wait a damn minute. We had a last man standing match. We speared somebody on top of a semi. What's happening? Yeah, but we saw Edge cry. Come yeah. on. If you shed tears, that's over. Yes. It's over. And it I, was great that way. Let it go. <laughs> I was promised Edge versus AJ by the Royal Rumble, and I won it, damn it. <laughs> We want it, and we want it now, especially yeah. because, well, well, let me pause. Let me put put a pin in that. We'll get back yeah. to that when we get to the matches. But <laughs> let's briefly talk about Drew versus Seth Rollins because, I, I, again, another easy match to call, I think, Drew retaining. I didn't think Rollins was going to get it. I know they want us to believe that he's going to get it, but, like, it's not going to right. happen. So, you know, they've really built Drew and invested in Drew. So I feel like this was a no-brainer. And I really like Drew's champion. It is a little bit weird to see him as a face. But, like, he's growing on me as a face guy. Because he's still, like, a snarky yeah. face guy. It it works. But uh, I, I do like him as the Scottish psychopath a lot better. But I digress. Right. I, I think that he's wonderful in the ring. However, this match didn't really hit for me. And I, and I think it was a couple of different reasons. I feel like Seth believes that there are people in, like, in the crowd like I, I think he truly believes that there's somebody there watching him because he talks so much yeah. I'm like bro who are you talking to and you say the same things over and over and over I found that really distracting and like I get it you want to put in 110 percent I'm all for that but I feel like he's so annoying <laughs> that it, it's super it's bad and I get that we're not supposed to like him I get that he's supposed to be this weird Monday Night Messiah thing, though I will say, and I tweeted it out last night because I truly believe it, AJ came back last week on Monday Night Raw and that makes him the real Monday Night Messiah because he was buried alive. So I just want to, yeah. like, make that clear. <laughs> okay, Seth Rollins, it's not you. But I, I don't know. It didn't really hit. I thought this would be better than it was. And I can't really figure out why other than, like, Seth talks too much and that their chemistry was just kind of weird for me I mean, it wasn't bad it just wasn't that's, good that's really interesting because me and tim are both in agreement that this was match of the night wow oh okay yeah yeah well convince it, me otherwise tell me tell me <laughs> i think they had amazing chemistry uh they they brought out the best of each other i loved i loved how uh seth hit hit his moves and then he went for that other suicide dive and Drew just belly-to-back suplexed him onto the announce table. And then that amazing German from the Tree of Woe position. And especially that last uh, sequence where they traded uh, 
the, the cur- he he missed the curb stomp and then the Glasgow kiss, then the super kick, then the claymore. Uh, it was beautiful. Um, this match was like, I feel like you would feel different if there was a crowd, um, because Maybe. then because then you wouldn't have to hear Seth Rollins' annoying voice. It was it. <laughs> It was definitely a match that was wrestled as if there were a crowd of 70,000 people. Yes, for sure. I, I just thought that it was it was right. And it, it felt like the first real good... Uh, this is what Drew McIntyre is supposed to be. He's supposed to be the noble man. Yeah. He's supposed to be the noble champion... Especially with that handshake at the end and telling, oh, what a great I like move. That. I really telling Seth to be the leader he's supposed to be. And then Seth looking like, like kind of questioning everything that he's been doing, which is very interesting. Uh, I'd like to see where that goes. Uh, but, John, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I feel like I feel like we got we got Daddy Drew back from NXT. <laughs> we got yeah. him back. I love it. From NXT, from Impact, from Oh, yeah, from Evolve. Impact, Evolve, um, ICW. It's nice uh, to see, isn't it? Yeah, very nice. As- especially after the, uh, the, the cluster that was the F5 Claymore show at WrestleMania. Oh, God. <laughs> Disaster. I was like, okay, this is where we give Drew the belt, and then this is where he proves that he needs it. Or he proves that he can carry it. Yeah. (laughs) And he sure did. Because Mm. that handshake to me was everything. That's some boss shit. (laughs) When you're like, yeah, "Yeah, you're going to shake my hand right now because we did that. And now I'm going to leave because I'm the champion and you're not. So see you later. I got to go. And I I was like, like, oh, yes, Drew. Give it to us. That's what we need. And and that's what we've been missing, I feel like, from the men's championship reigns. Yeah. Like, Brock Lesnar's Brock Lesnar. He carries the championship in a completely different way. This is the kind of stuff that I like. That's, like, what I love about Okada. When Okada is champion or or Tana is champion, they're they're like that. It's, we're going to fight this match, and I'll tell you that you did a good job, but in the end, I'm I'm the ace. I'm number one, right? Oh, it's so good. And that's what I want in a champion. And I'm yeah. really glad that we're seeing that from Drew. Yeah. And it's, it's especially when you got a guy that already looks like a million bucks, the addition yeah. of the title belt makes it, makes him look like a billion bucks. And it's like, man, he just, he, he is so much a champion. Yeah. And he's, we finally, so many years later have the payoff of the chosen one angle. <laughs> finally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As the rock would say, finally. Mm-hmm. It's very exciting. Um, I mean, I respect your opinion. I just don't feel like it was match of the night for me personally. Right. Uh, I really loved that tag match. I really thought they killed it. That was the best one for me personally, but uh, like I said, it wasn't bad. And and I'm glad Drew is still, you know, and still, and and I, I want AJ, and I want it to happen now with Seth. So I'm cool with whatever's going to happen now. <laughs> and, and you yeah. know what's great, Queen? Uh, yeah. We both can disagree and not have to kill each other over it, you know, because we're mature adults. We yeah. are. Oh. You're in a castle of royalty. I could have you beheaded, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I, I love that. And that's what, you know, I, I really like about you guys and, you know, all your interactions on Twitter and stuff. And it's a community, right? We don't have to 
you know, go after one another just because we don't like the same things. And it's cool to disagree because, you know, not everyone's going to like the same stuff as in life, you know? Yeah. Exactly. And like, especially with even just with me and Tim, if you've listened to the show mm-hmm. or people that have listened are very, very differing opinions on the Firefly Funhouse thing mm-hmm. for WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway... Anywho, let's talk about the final two matches because they were one. It was a joint effort (laughs) for the men and women's Money in the Bank matches. Uh, You know, there's it's hard to talk about this because there's a lot of chaos in here. So I'm just going to kind of give a a broad overview of what I thought. So the way they described it made it sound like they were about to go through like levels of a video game and like Mm -hmm. beat the final boss, which was the ladder on the roof. Um, It's definitely not like as much as they said it was going to be, I guess. It was exciting and fun and chaotic. Um, They threw a lot in there. I didn't really care for the food fight. I could have done without it, but it did give us a point for Shayna Baszler to put Rey Mysterio in that careful clutch, honey. And I was all for that. (laughs) I was all for that. Um, It was cool. They had really great ideas with this. And though it did feel a little bit like Edge and Randy running around the Performance Center by going in all these different rooms and stuff, I think they were really smart in the way that they made this feel very, very different. Like, just having Asuka start already on level two and jump down on everybody else and take the elevator, I think was really cool and different. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because of course it was going to be Asuka, right? Yeah, of course. course. Who else would it be? Because she's hitting on all cylinders right now. Right. But, you know, I will say that th- when she did that and took the elevator, I was like, oh, psh, well, she's not winning. Jeez. There we go. Spoiler it right off right. the top, which, as we know, now what happened. And I just thought that there were so many things in here. Everybody got really a cool spot. I could have done without the entrances. I thought they were really awkward for the ladies. I thought the men did really well. I thought they were hilarious in that uh, gym that they were in. Yeah. Hearing Otis, like, just going, oh yeah, oh, and yeah. whatever, everybody, <laughs> like, while they enter and just talking his own Otis shit is the mm-hmm. best. And he goes to Ray, like, oh my god, Ray, that's such a pretty color. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> dying. I'm like, this man is oh, unbelievable, is so- super entertaining, and like, I, there were so many good spots in it. The one thing I will say is I'm super surprised about a couple of things. I'm super surprised that not as many people made it to the actual roof. Yeah. That was weird. And I was a little upset over, that I was Shana upset didn't. Yeah. I was upset Shana wasn't there either. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. But you know, there like, was some stuff. Oh. And threw people off the roof, and there was and there was so much going on. But there were some really great parts in this match that I really loved, and they really played up the whole AJ Styles Undertaker thing. Mm-hmm. And it, it was super good, and it was fun, and that was most important. So give me your thoughts. Both Money in the Bank matches, they did happen together. What did you think? Uh, I'm going to start by pleading with Shayna Baszler to please, please go back to NXT. Yeah, I miss her there too. Please go back to NXT. WrestleMania was an atrocity for her with them not even letting her attempt to kick out of Becky Lynch's weird-ass pin. Mm -hmm. And now... She didn't even make it to the roof for this Money in the Bank match. Like, she didn't even get to touch a ladder. Um, As for the match itself, 
I was thrown off by the fact that they didn't do all the women's entrances and then all the men's entrances. I thought it was kind of weird that they were all mixed up. Um, the food fight segment was odd, but I love that it led to that thing with Otis in the dessert room. <laughs> yes. And, and also, also whenever he got and the and sandwich, he just sandwich. shook it like yeah. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> the man is a lunatic. In he the is. best possible way. Uh, this match had the potential to be completely idiotic. And the fact that it wasn't is a big, big up for me. Um, yeah, I loved the scene where Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles went into uh, Vince McMahon's office <laughs> and fought. And then <laughs> Vince just tells them to get out and they... They pushed the chairs in gingerly, and Daniel Bryan bowed. And just seeing Vince McMahon, Daniel Bryan, and AJ Styles in the office together, it's like, you know, a lot of people can't believe that Daniel Bryan has had the WWE career he has. Yeah. I'm still sometimes finding myself in awe that AJ Styles is in a WWE ring. Yeah. Mm. And, And just seeing all three of them together, I was just like, wow. Um the other thing was they really missed they really missed the cool concept where whenever Corbin threw Alistair Black over, Corbin should have floated back up. No, yeah, no. Oh Alistair, my god. Yeah, would have been so <laughs> badass. If he would have just floated up in the like cross legged seating position. Yeah, and, and played they played his music or yeah. something. Dude, that would have been so rad. And, uh, also, like, if Rey Mysterio was, like, hanging on to his tights, like, <laughs> if he brought him up, too. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, <coughs> so. Thank you. We can have AJ Styles, Alistair, and Rey Mysterio as a trio now named The Resurrected. Fine with that. Let's <laughs> freaking go. The other part I wanted to talk about was, okay, Asuka's a woman, and she's going for the woman's money in the bank and Corbin's going for the men's money Corbin in the bank. Corbin sucks. Why is ass, why dude. is Corbin why does Corbin care? Stupid. Oh, I have no he, idea. First a, of all, cuz he's, he's not a, a smart heel. He's not smart. He's a he, king and he wants all the spotlight. Who cares? I don't care. You look like a jackass prick. Like you're there, <laughs> dude. Just grab the men's case. You I know. He's an idiot. He he's an absolute idiot so because he's staring fun. at her. It's so much time. He could have just uh, popped out his thing and just stared at Oscar and been like, okay. But I was like, yes, Oscar, you do he kick was... him. You do get him off that ladder. Yeah. I'd be like, wait, get out of here. <laughs> he was the only man on the roof for like five minutes. What an idiot. <laughs> what, what we had, uh, but we did have some intergender wrestling, which was cool. Like Oscar kicking Corbin and uh, Shayna putting Ray to sleep. Yeah, uh, Ray Mysterio keeps getting beat up by former UFC people. It's not fair. It's true. <laughs> kind of thought it was weird, uh, the whole Stephanie McMahon part where that was she bad. said to hell. clean up Nia because she's drooling. Like, did did that necessarily have to be there? Is she saying she's drooling because she's a bigger person? Like, would like, they have I, said that about anyone else? Exactly. I don't. I I didn't. And like, didn't would they right have had? Would they have had anybody but Otis do the sandwich thing? Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, but that I, was I funny. Know. But the, the drooling thing. It was, was funny. The, the drooling the thing was drooling not. Thing wasn't funny. But but Otis is like that anyway. Like with anything that he gets his hands on. <laughs> he's just like I said before. He's a national treasure. Yeah. I just love him. I'm going to protect him at all costs, people. Um, and of course, in the most Otis way ever, he wins the men's money in the bank because AJ dropped it because freaking Elias. Oh, God, Elias. I mean, I love that you hit Corbin, but knock it off. <laughs> um, but hey, I, I mean, I don't hate AJ not having the, the case. I love that Otis has it. It's different. It's exciting. It's new. Yeah. And it gives us Asuka and Otis as the two... Money in the Bank winners for 2020. And I don't know how you hate that. If you do, at me, because I got some things to say to you. I don't know. Uh, this was feel good at the end. It was a feel good moment to have both of those individuals have these cases. But like right. boys, as we're ending here, where do we go? Who do they cash in on? What are we doing? Um, I think that Oscar holds on to it for a little bit and waits Waits till someone comes and beats Becky. I don't think she goes for Bailey. Um, like I said, I'm still waiting for Sasha and Bailey to happen. Uh, but Oscar has lost twice to Becky, so I think she keeps it for a while. Uh, Otis has come out and said that he's going to use it for tag team titles. I could see Mandy Rose getting in between Tucker and uh, Otis. Yeah. And splitting them up and ha- trying to get Otis to uh, get a singles run. Um, that's where I see that going. Um, John? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> as for Otis, I think using it for the tag titles would be cool, but I would wait until possibly maybe even the Forgotten Sons get their hands on them because – that was a good match in NXT when it happened. Mm. Um, I'm doing a quick Google search because I want to see if something has happened or not. So give me just a second. No worries. Okay, no, it hasn't. Okay, so what? here's what needs to happen with Oscar, right? Becky needs to lose the title specifically to Shayna Baszler. Mm. Okay. And then Oscar needs to cash in on Shayna Baszler, because that is the match that we never got on NXT. And it's the match we need. And it's the match we need. Shayna Baszler and Asuka have very similar styles, and they 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 could go 30 minutes. They could go an hour. They, they could go an hour. Easy. I can do Iron Woman. It'd yeah. Be great. <clears throat> Fantastic. The Kira Fuda Clutch versus the Asuka Lock. And Shayna has spent a long time in Japan. They, yeah. they know the Joshi way. So, I mean, if WWE let let them, it could be amazing. But, yeah. you know, who knows with WWE? I don't know. We'll see. Who knows? Nobody ever knows. Until we do. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I have to tell you, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you both today. Thank you so much for coming on the show and talking all things Money in the Bank. And uh, if you would be so kind, tell the people where they can find you and your awesome show. All right, man. Well, uh, we got ourselves a link tree. You can find that at link 
tr.ee slash armbar audio. There you can find our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We are on YouTube. Uh, we have a secondary channel called Armbar Nerds where we upload stuff that doesn't have to do with wrestling, just general nerd culture items. Uh, as for audio versions of our show, we have an Anchor account, and with Anchor, we are able to be on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, there's a few other lesser-known ones, um, but they're all on the link tree. So mostly, if you want to interact with us, that's all done on Twitter. Yeah, just armbar audio everywhere. That's where we are. Yeah. <laughs> they make we, it we, nice and easy for y'all. <laughs> we, we, we were lucky enough to get a name that no one else has used. <laughs> Hey, whatever works. And of course, I will link everything for the both of you in the show description. And obviously, when I tweet this out, when the episode drops on this lovely Wednesday, because of course, Wednesdays are your hashtag Queen of Pup Connection days on Smart to Death Radio. And, uh, you know, I dropped a stellar chat with the heavy cruiserweight Crash Jackson, a special drop on a Monday, which I never do. So that was really, really fun. And I hope you go check that out on Smart to Death Radio. And uh, yeah, boys, super fun. Thank you so much again for coming on the show. Thank you for having us. And I can't wait till we speak again. Uh, Me too. Looking forward to it. And everyone listening, please enjoy the rest of your day. And as always, be kind to one another. (laughs) 